You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Dirk Vandeput joining us right now. He's a CEO and chairman over at Mondelez. And uh, Dirk, everyone wants to know about the potential impact of these weight loss drugs on uh, some of the snack foods that, uh, of course, are your bread and butter. Yes, um, it's a valid question, I would say. And from our perspective, we've been uh, studying this uh, quite a bit. Um, I would say short term, we see no effect whatsoever. And even long term, assuming relatively high adoption rates of the new drugs, um, looking 10 years out, we think it's going to have maybe half a percent, maybe one percent of effect on the volume that we will have 10 years down the road. So very limited impact, even at levels of 7 to 14 percent of the U.S. population being on these drugs, which still remains to be seen if that is ever going to be the case. It's a very big if, to my opinion. So uh, I think the whole thing has been a little bit overblown. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if the period is 10 years, we will have time to adapt to launch a much more balanced portfolio, uh, shift to healthier items, if there would be an important effect. But at this stage, we yeah. do not believe that that's going to be the case. Yeah, and we should point out for our viewers, of course, everyone knows you guys are for Oreos and other things like that. But of course, you always have some other uh, healthy options out there like Cliff Bars and a few other things as well. I am curious about overall uh, how consumer demand is holding up for these products overall, given that we've had at least anecdotal evidence of certain consumers pulling back uh, from some of the, I guess, the discretionary items on the grocery shelves. Uh, what has been the effect on your brand specifically specifically uh, given that trend. Yeah, I would look at volume trends here versus uh, uh, revenue trends because there's been a lot of pricing. So the categories we're in, which is biscuits, chocolate, and baked snacks are flat uh, globally, volume-wise, which is pretty good compared to some of the other food items you were talking about. And then if you look at us, Mondelez, we're up, uh, this quarter we were up almost 4% in volume mix. That is driven by the fact that uh, we've been supporting our brands quite extensively. They're loved by the consumers. They don't really want to shift to any other items and so that is a reflection of the high demand the strong demand that we're seeing from the consumer so far a lot of the snacks you mentioned that Romain mentioned have chocolate in them what are you doing to cope with cocoa prices at 44 year highs well, we, we, of course, will have to increase our prices uh, next year because the cocoa prices are almost 80% higher than they were a year ago. So there's really no other way than to, to apply a price increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, cocoa goes up and down. And so I wouldn't uh, look too much for the long term into that. But uh, short term, yes, we, we see that inflation also on sugar, by the way. And so while the rest of our input cost is largely flat for next year, uh, those two are, are 
are really causing us to have to increase prices again. Can you talk a little bit about the decision to increase prices versus maybe shrinking the size of the packaging, shrinking what each unit looks like? I mean, shrinkflation has been something that we've seen in the past. Um, to what extent is that an option in coping with higher cocoa, higher sugar prices? Yeah, so we use uh, this methodology called RGM, Revenue Growth Management, which is four key things. It's pri straightforward pricing. It is playing around with the size of the packs. It's also how much and how high you run your promotions. And then some of the other uh, factors that we have, like in-store uh, uh, presence and so on. So um, the, the price increase or the cost increase of cocoa is so important that really 80% of what we have to do is going to have to be through a straightforward price increase. Mm. We will uh, uh, do a little bit on the pack, but shrinkflation won't uh, solve this, uh, this inflation at this stage. Uh, how much more price increases do you think consumers can take, though? I mean, this came up on your conference call. It came up on the conference call of some of your competitors. This idea here that we have started to see a decline in spending on some of these products, not because of volume, but because of price. Yes, it depends largely of the of the categories, I would say. So our categories are uh, affordable indulgences. The out-of-pocket is not very high. The consumers are very close to the brands, Oreo, uh, Chips Ahoy, Toblerone, you name it. They, they, they really like those brands. They like the taste of those products. And so they can absorb a certain uh, price increase. Uh, as I was explaining, so far we haven't really noticed any effect on our volumes mm -hmm. uh, into the country, I would say. So I assume that this is going to be the last one next year, that after that, uh, things will calm down a little bit more inflation-wise. Uh, but yeah. I do believe that for next year, we're still okay on the volume side uh, of things. I mean, I, we're obviously talking holistically about your company and your brands as a whole. Are you seeing differences, though, based on the individual brands, based on uh, the income level of the consumer that would buy one brand versus the next? Are there nuances there in terms of uh, whether consumers are still taking those price and those that aren't. Yes, consumers react to the price increases in different ways. Uh, for instance, in North America, what we're seeing is that the, the consumers who have less income tend to shift their spending towards some of the discount channels, uh, clubs, and so on. Uh, they also tend to go more for multi-packs, understanding that the unit price goes down if you buy bigger quantities. So they are adapting um, and changing the way they buy, not necessarily giving up on, on buying our, our brands, but they do it in a more clever way. That's for sure something mm. we're seeing. In Europe, that reaction might be different, where they're going towards smaller uh, packs and uh, changing their frequency, going to some of the discounters also. So it's, it's a shift in channel and a shift in the size of the pack that they're buying. Dirk, we started off by talking about those weight loss drugs, the GLP-1 drugs. Um, let's end there because I noticed that you once worked at Novartis, the Swiss pharma company, for about a year. From that industry's point of view, how exciting, how meaningful a development is this new class of weight loss drugs? Well, it's, it's, I assume, uh, I'm, I'm not in the pharmaceutical industry anymore, but I assume it's very exciting. Uh, I think what they see is, is a, a real potential of these drugs. I assume that Ozempic will probably be the biggest drugs in, drug in history uh, from a net revenue perspective. So for them, it's, it's, it's big. I think the, the, the main thing will be uh, keeping up with the capacity, having enough production capacity, making sure that the side effects are not too important. Um, and 
and seeing if there's real weight loss because we for instance know at this stage that about 60% of the consumers are off the drug after a year they regain about 65% of their weight so there's still a lot of unknowns surrounding mm. this uh, that we will have to see but for sure it's it's good news for them all right, Dirk, really appreciate you taking time for us. Dirk Vandeput there, CEO and chairman over at Mondelez International. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.